welcome to my podcast where I invite you to run with me after memories and shape them into stories. On this show, I'll also share samples of my writing and interesting moments from everyday life. I'm your host, Ruru Sig, and you're listening to my podcast, The Story Chaser. Good evening and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Story Chaser Podcast. I'm your host, Ruru Sig, and I wanted to tell you that I wasn't even sure I was going to have an episode this week, you know? I was really worried, uh, and then last night at like 11 p.m., I had some inspiration out of nowhere, because that's how it comes. I jotted down some bare bones, mapped it out. Today I wrote a tighter version and recorded it. And my point before getting into the episode, before you hear a piece of my writing, is that do what you love. Because even if your days are long, life is really short. And I say, go out and do what you love. Do it poorly, do it well, whatever, guys. Do what you love. I love writing and telling stories. So that's what I'm doing here. Enjoy. The following is a piece of my writing and also a real day in my life. A few years back, I was heading to my writing group meeting. It took place in the lower level of a library in a suburb about 40 minutes southwest of where I lived. This particular day, I had left early and on a whim decided to grab a cup of coffee about 15 minutes into the trip. I chose a popular chain serving coffee, donuts, and ice cream, and the pink lettering in the sign stood out as a caffeine invite for me. I walked through the door and entered the empty establishment, uh, empty except for the one employee who was comfortable watching a reality TV show and instantly irritated by my presence. Lucinda was on her scratched-up golden oval-shaped name tag pin, resting upon the right side of her polo uniform shirt. Hey, Lucinda, I greeted, warm and kindly. Without changing her stone-faced expression, she simply responded, Can I help you? As she reluctantly got up from the chair she had been sitting in. This did not offend me as I'm always inclined to give the benefit of the doubt, being someone from the food and beverage industry. Sure, the place was empty now, and she probably should have been more welcoming to my patronage upon her workplace. But maybe she had a wild afternoon rush and hadn't been bombarded with all sorts of coffee-drinking, donut-eating folks who suck the enthusiasm from her soul by being rotten and imposing their own misery like a bad, contagious sickness? Like I said, I've seen a thing or two in this industry. So I moved right on, answering her with a cheerful disposition. You know, I intended to get a cup of coffee, but I'll tell you what, I might have one of your milkshakes on the menu. She said nothing. Her nothing was colder than my choices of ice cream, which were many, as I depended on the row of yummy flavors tagged across the glass case holding. I pretended 
I didn't notice how much Lucinda, her arms crossed against her chest, just hated me. Okay, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I had a milkshake, and I think I'll have a small Oreo shake, please. She let out a sigh, followed by a gruff breath, and started putting components needed to make my treat out on the counter behind her. She pulled down a stainless steel cylinder and a scoop spoon. She then reached into a cooler below the counter and pulled out half a gallon of milk, which she then slammed down on the counter. I was now uncomfortable and awkwardly started wandering around the store, pretending to care about the birthday cake rolls displayed in the front coolers on my side of the register, as she scooped my Oreo choice into the cylinder, poured the milk, and placed it onto the blender base. She pressed the button, and the grinding of the blender was actually comforting, as it represented my experience there closer to being over. You want whipped cream? She asked, while pouring my shake into the clear cup, filling it with chocolatey speckled goodness. Oh, hey, sure thing. That sounds nice, I said through a fake smile. She lowered her head and sighed, then walked away through a swinging door into the back room area. She returned, her visor now cocked to the side a bit, which told me that whipped cream can was likely in an out-of-reach place maybe up high in a reaching cooler behind something really annoying like a heavy bowl of cherries. I imagine she cursed and gave me many names as she got it. She shook the can and tipped it upside down over my shake, tilting the cone-shaped narrow dispenser and layered out the fluffy whipped cream till it filled the dome lid and popped out that little circle cutout in the top. Now that sugary sight should have woke up some kind of joy in her as it lit my eyes right up. But Lucinda didn't budge. She kept her pout, quoted me the price. I paid, and then I placed a few dollars in her tip jar. She didn't even say thank you. She just got herself back into that chair facing the TV. I sipped that shake as I shook off her bad attitude the rest of my journey to my writing group. And every once in a while, a chunk of the Oreo cookie made its way up through the straw and gave me something new to chew on. I rather enjoyed my shake. Writing group that night was productive as usual. We sat around our L-shaped table and conducted important story business. But make no mistake about it, though. Although we met in a library, and these appeared to be gentle folks, stacks of papers tucked under their arms walking in the door, this group was serious and provided me with tools of absolute gold crafting for my writing. I've always been able to provoke emotion in my readers, so there was no struggle there. But my grammar and structure was, can still sometimes be, nothing short of preposterous, really. And these folks in the group took to my writing as satisfying their undying need to correct. The pieces I passed out came back with notes covering the margins all over the pages. It was like having free editing, and I utilized every bit of it. Our meetings would run for about two hours. And the night of the milkshake, 
we were closing out by discussing a short story I had submitted. Each person took a turn reading their feedback to the writer out loud. I sat in my glory, devouring their guidance, and with about 10 minutes left, the first rumble from my stomach interrupted the person speaking. She kind of smiled, but kept on offering her notes on my piece as I instantly placed my hand across my stomach and whispered, excuse me, how odd. The meeting ended eventually, and we casually walked each other out of the building with some last-minute chit-chat about our love for the written word, breaking into little groups of two and three, moving closer to the door. The second now outright growl roared from my midsection with a twisting of trapped air pinging pain. Oh my, I said, adjusting the strap of my bag on my shoulder and again placing my palm flat against my stomach. I suddenly felt the need to pick up the pace, abruptly wish my fellow riders good night and get to my car. Oh my, indeed, I said, finally behind the wheel again and in motion. My insides felt like a pinball machine and the ball was made of spikes. There were sporadic, sharp pains in different parts of my abdomen and that had me raising my bum right up off my seat. I accelerated as the growling grew louder than the engine of my car and soon I began sweating. My body was saying, something wrong is inside and I'm going to send it out very soon. I still had at least 30 minutes till I was home. At one point, I thought maybe I was experiencing sympathy pains for a woman somewhere in the universe giving birth. So I created my own version of Lamaze, except my strategy was to keep this beast inside of me. And that's when a little song of mine was invented. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom. It just released from my inner being. It was the only thing I could think of so as not to have an accident inside my car, if you know what I mean. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom was saving my life that night and probably others on the road too. My hands were gripped to my steering wheel, except for the moments when the pain heightened, and I felt compelled to punch the inside roof of my car, all the while chanting, Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom. Sometimes I added other sounds expressing my angst. It had to be that milkshake. My lower jaw now extended out in resentment as I drove on, passing many gas stations and other places of business, my body begging me, pull over, you fool, go in there, there, how about there? But nope, I just kept on, achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, 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 blululu, pa, 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 hoo, hoo, hoo. I thought about previous painful moments from my life when surviving didn't seem possible. Like the kitchen chair incident, which was actually a step stool we used as a chair because we ran out of chairs, 
and how I had ignored the numerous warnings from my mother and enjoyed rocking on the legs of it. The vision of it smothering me as I lay flat upon my back after falling backwards down a flight of stairs. Well, that was one quick visual. I wiped the sweat from my forehead and had another. It was myself blowing, then sucking air in and out, in and out of a balloon until one last inhale sent it down my throat. The rubber crawled its way down my esophagus as my eyes grew wide and round. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom. I suddenly could hear my Polish-speaking hospital roommate behind our dividing curtain cry out words into the night I didn't understand as I lie in my bed, a child stricken with double pneumonia in both lungs. I could hear my mother say again, as she did so many times throughout my life, That pneumonia almost killed you, Rue. You almost died, you know. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom. I was full-on panicking, both cheeks now at least five inches above my seat as I suspended my body with the grip of that steering wheel. While other memories flashed, I saw shattered glass from beer bottles once intact in my arms, now floating in a pool of my blood when I fell holding them. I felt, yet again, the sting of a furious dog puncture my skin everywhere, attacking me in a semi-wooded area alone. I could see the pool table again falling towards me and crushing all my toes and my left foot, breaking my bones. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, 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 I say to all of these. I made it through all of that and plenty more too that didn't come to mind. I was going to make it through this. This was going to happen in the comfort of my own home, no matter how excruciating the journey. The gas pedal now to the floor. My speed was matching the traveling poison through my lower intestine. By the grace of God, I didn't catch one red light, which told me he was on my side. He knew I didn't deserve this punishment for just wanting a sweet treat before my riding group. For crying out loud, I couldn't think of any person who deserved the wrath of Lucinda. Oh yeah, by this point in my travels, about 35 minutes, I was full on blaming her. I finally pulled up to my apartment, threw the car in park, and shut the engine off. I slowly got out of the car and then booked as fast as I could up the front stairs and through the main door. My neighbor and friend just happened to be in the hallway on her way out somewhere, and I had nothing left to be polite. I shouted, Get out of my way! I'm not even kidding, dude! I ran past her as she flattened her body against the wall, allowing me up the flight of stairs. I reached my door and fumbled my keys, dropping them onto the welcome mat. Achi, achi, uchi, uchi, boom, boom, boom! I cried as I slowly crouched down to pick them up. My poor body fooled with this position, thinking it was time, but it was not yet. My hands trembled as I unlocked the door, got inside, threw my bag down, and beelined it for that bathroom. I will spare you the details of the following many hours of illness. However, I will tell you that parked upon that porcelain throne, cross-eyed, biting down on a rolled-up bath towel, was the vision of a champion, folks. 
I made it. I made it home. And every so often I pass by that establishment where I once purchased a milkshake from hell, and I lower my car window to shout out, Nice try, Lucinda. Nice try. But I'm still here. This is as good a place as any to end this episode. My name is Ruru Sig, and I thank you for listening to The Story Chaser. Remember, there are stories everywhere. The key is to focus in on the little memories to find the bigger moments. My promise to you is that I'll keep chasing those stories. Be well, folks, and go ahead. Have a wonderful life.